The road to research as a woman is very challenging. There are lots of mountains and valleys. So my approach is targeted at the very rural centers that don't have, they don't have many specialists, they don't have a lot of resources. I think it's important for female scientists to have this opportunity to uh, work on ideas that they develop in Africa. Hello and welcome back to Africa Science Focus. I am Sally Amutabe. After our popular episode on African women in science, technology, engineering and mathematics, we go in search of female scientists who are launching their careers. Join us and hear from Dr. Violet Kayamba in Zambia. Dr. Martha Zudie Gebeyehu in Ethiopia and Dr. Janelisa Musaya in Malawi as they describe how their research is shaping Africa's future. I am Janelisa Musaya. I am the Associate Professor with the University of Malawi College of Medicine. I'm also the Associate Director with Malawi Liverpool Welcome Trust Clinical Research Program. Dr. Janelisa Musaya is a lecturer and research scientist working on antimicrobial stewardship and sleeping sickness, also known as human African trypanosomiasis. Sleeping sickness is endemic in 36 countries in sub-Saharan Africa, and without treatment, it can be fatal. But there has been progress. In 2009, the number of reported cases of sleeping sickness fell below 10,000 and by 2018, this number was just 977. When you're talking about uh, trypanosomiasis, which is sleeping sickness in Africa, we call it African, uh, human African trypanosomiasis. Normally, you find it around uh, nature reserves, like game reserves or national parks, where the tsetse flies are. Because they are harbored, the parasites are harbored in the tsetse fly, and the tsetse flies follow the animals because that's what they feed on the blood of animals. So the contact between humans and um, the world, the nature reserves, is where we get the sleeping sickness if we are bitten by the tsetse flies. So in these areas of Rumpia and Kota Kota, we are seeing a number of increased cases. How bad is the uh, the prevalence of sleeping sickness in the country and how does it compare with the rest of the region? I would say it's not as bad because it's focal. So we might say that uh, uh, if we compare with malaria, for example, malaria is in every district. But if you look at trypanosomiasis, as I'm saying, it's mostly right now in Rumpi and Kota Kota. So we want to look at the cases and try to map them. So put them in, crust, in clusters. We call that geospatial mapping. So when we find those areas, the idea is to study the factors. Why are these specific areas? Why are the people suffering from these specific areas? Then we study that particular area, and then we can come up with interventions for control. Sleeping sickness is commonly detected through blood tests or bodily fluid samples. The World Health Organization says that early detection is vital to avoid the parasite progressing to the neurological stage, which can be dangerous and difficult to successfully treat. Sleeping sickness is more common in rural areas and with lack of resources, victims of the illness can go untreated. And uh, I think as, as a nation, as a country, 
uh, we have to be aware of this disease. One reason is that it presents as malaria. And in Malawi, malaria and trips are, uh, if we know what is happening and if we can come with better interventions to control, then we will not affect our tourism. As you know, most of the countries in Africa, we depend on tourism for some of the forex that, that we get. So we have to make sure that we are controlling diseases that can affect that, that industry. Um, so as a researcher, we, all, we are always looking for funds for, to answer different uh, questions in our area. So um, I saw a call on, from the Organization of Women in Science in the Developing World. So we applied for that. It was a highly competitive uh, grant. One of the outputs of this uh, grant is actually to come up with awareness messages uh, comic books, uh, teaching materials. So this will actually go a long way that even the people, the, the pupils in primary and secondary school, and even the communities can use those materials to be aware of the disease. Dr. Musaya is confident that Africa is well on its way to eradicating this disease. I see that we will make a huge progress. We will contribute to the reduction. I see that we are going to increase the number of the researchers uh, towards those areas. So increased capacity, increased knowledge will help us reduce uh, sleeping sickness. For me, if we can reduce to an elimination level, uh, that would be a victory. And then we can start trying to maintain so that it doesn't come up again. So it will be just a matter of surveillance and to treat those that will be found positive. Uh, in, in countries, in African countries, mostly south of the Sahara, we are seeing that the women scientists are few and far apart. For you, what did it take to beat the barriers and become a, a scientist like you have become, you become? Well, I think uh, the road to research as a woman is very challenging. There are lots of mountains and valleys uh, because you have to balance between uh, our work and also home. But it just takes perseverance. It just takes you to look at your goal and also to manage your time, to also have a good network and collaborators that will actually be like the shoulders you stand on. So this is not a road that I've moved alone. There are people who have pushed me towards where I am. Dr. Janelisa Musaya, talking to reporter James Chavula. Less than one in five researchers in Malawi are women. The underrepresentation of women in health research is partly due to lack of support and investment in female scientists at the beginning of their careers. Dr. Musaya, Dr. Kayumba, and Dr. Gebeyehu were named as three of this year's early career fellows by the Organization for Women in Science for the Developing World, or OWSD. The fellowship program supports early career women scientists to lead important research projects within countries that lack scientific and technological resources. Let's head over to Dr. Violet Kayamba in Zambia to hear about her research on gastric cancer. You see, gastric cancer is one of those diseases that people uh, suffer from and many don't know because it's 
not only hidden because it's in the stomach and the stomach is stashed away and is not visible. It's also very difficult to diagnose. So a lot of people, patients that we're seeing with the condition come at advanced stages for the simple reason that we don't have easy tools that we can use to detect the, the problem. The unfortunate bit of it is that many of them who end up having it uh, die quite quickly. So I'm going to do uh, research, a, a study, and test this strategy that I've designed to try and find ways of detecting the, um, the disease early. And I think this will be very helpful. Dr. Kayamba is a lecturer at the University of Zambia, where she teaches clinical practice. She tells Africa Science Focus reporter Jubil Zulu that gastric cancer is the fourth most common type of cancer and the second most frequent cause of cancer deaths worldwide. The World Health Organization predicts an increase in cancer rates of over 50% in the next 20 years. Dr. Kayamba says that across Africa, the epidemiology of gastric cancer is largely unexplored. Um, my previous work showed that uh, gastric cancer is commoner among rural communities and of those is actually the poorer, those um, people who have less uh, resources available to them. It tends to be commoner in, in, in those communities. And diagnostics for these people are, are very uh, difficult for the simple reason that the mainstay of diagnosis for gastric cancer is using an endoscopy. And then endoscopies are, on, are available in very few centers in the country, and most of them are tertiary centers in big cities. The, the diagnostic tool that I'm going to start working on actually doesn't require the use of electricity or water, so it can be employed in, in, in really rural sites, because most of our research that's done is concentrated on, on in urban centers where there's a, a lot of uh, resources. So my approach is targeted at the very rural centers that don't have, they don't have many specialists, they don't have a lot of resources. So these people actually have the chance to have their diagnosis made early so that um, the, the treatment can be, uh, can produce uh, better Dr. Violet Kayamba, speaking with reporter Jubiel Zulu. In her work, Dr. Kayamba has found that identifying blood in stomach acid can be an indicator of gastric cancer. This strategy could assist healthcare providers in low-resource rural settings. Dr. Kayamba says diagnosis could be made through the use of a simple bedside sample collection tool, a tube that passes from the nose to the stomach or a tethered capsule that the patient swallows. These tools could help prioritize patients in greatest need of internal examination. Now, finally, we head to Ethiopia to hear from Dr. Martha Zudie Gebeyehu about her research on tuberculosis. So, uh, I am at at an early stage in my career as a researcher, uh, I'm a postdoctoral fellow. So it's a time where I proposed uh, an idea of my own to develop a research project. I needed funding, I needed support. So this funding will allow me to conduct this independent study of my own uh, in an African setting. 
So my research work is on uh, the disease tuberculosis. Uh, it's a disease that affects many African countries. Uh, Ethiopia, for example, is amongst the highest uh, affected countries in sub-Saharan Africa. So my research uh, will be on understanding the immune responses in people who are living with uh, tuberculosis patients. It will not have a direct impact immediately on people living in Ethiopia or Africa, but the findings of the study will help us to uh, assess vaccines that are developed in the future. Uh, and overall, it will uh, help to alleviate the burden which affects Africa. Despite remarkable progress combating the disease, tuberculosis remains one of the biggest killers responsible for over 1.3 million deaths in 2017. The largest number of new cases occur in Southeast Asia and Africa. In Ethiopia, tuberculosis remains a serious public health challenge and is among the leading causes of hospital admission and deaths. I think it's important for female scientists to have this opportunity to uh, work on ideas that they develop in Africa. I think it's important to aspire also, inspire uh, young female uh, students so that they can consider science uh, as a career path in their, in their choices. Thank you. Great. Thank you very much, Dr. Martha. Reporter Tesfa Alem Teklebiru and Dr. Martha Ziude Gebeyehu ending today's program there. Now, it's over to you. Do you have a question about development, science or health in Africa? Send us a text and we'll have an expert answer it for you. Contact us via WhatsApp on plus 254-799-042-513. You can subscribe to our program, download episodes and leave a review at www.sidev.net. Today's program was produced by Harrison Lewis. The editor was Ochengo Godo, with reports from journalists Jubil Zuru, Tesfa Alem Teklebiru, and James Chavula. I'm Sally Amutabi. See you next Wednesday. This program was funded by the European Journalism Center through the European Development Journalism Grant Program with support from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation.